Hello and welcome to the podcast that explores the heartlands, entertainment industries. I'm Brian. I'm Kelly. And uh, today we're going to be talking about mastering with the master of mastering, Kevin Lively. But before we do, I'm going to check in with my co-host here, Kelly. I just said Kevin, almost called you Kevin. That's my brother's name, actually, so it works. Is it really? Yeah, Kevin Kelly. So Kevin, the master, 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 and Kelly. And Kelly. (laughs) So how's it going, Kelly? You know, I'm not going to lie. It's been a little brutal. Has it? It has. It's been rough. I don't have, like, a positive Kelly's Corner story to share with you. (laughs) Okay. I have one of the toughest two days story. One of those stories. Ah. Um, As you know, it's busy season for my husband, so he is not around at all right now. Mm -hmm. Um, However, kids don't care and definitely still get sick during that time. Yeah. Kids don't care about your feelings. Kids don't care about anything. (laughs) Where's dad? So dad's dad. No, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not a funny joke, but I do. I actually say that to them. That's brutal. I like He's to, dead because you were, were bad today. This will be, you can call it down the line, Brian, when my kids go to therapy, you can, you can <laughs> call it right now is because we joke about like mommy's leaving forever when I walk out of the house or like, yeah, dad, where's daddy? He's never coming home. Like, I don't oh, know dude. what it is. We do that. It's I'm terrible. I'm going to do that same thing. Aaron I do that with my so, dogs right now. Like, I know. I don't know why. When, Cor- <laughs> when my daughter asks me, she's just like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going forever. Bye. I love you. And like, she knows I'm kidding. Make dinner. They laugh. They laugh. Yeah. But- oh, mom. <laughs> and then one day, she never did. She never did. She never no. came back. Um, I'm going out for some cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. And then she never then came she back. She never came back. And then we saw her on TV years later. Yeah. No. <laughs> Turns out she was looking for flavored vapes, and it was really, really hard to find. She so to she was being honest. She was being truthful. <laughs> it just literally took that long for her to find the flavored vapes. She had to go to the black market. Yeah, it, was it was a whole it was thing. A whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so, okay. Anyway, so I come home. We've had my kids and I have had a really good day, and I come home. It's like four p.m. and a lot of the times I have a hard time. Kids aren't good at expressing what they're feeling, mm. so like physically. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I have to play a lot of guessing games when they tell me a weird symptom of their body. I'm basically a doctor, Brian. Ah, a doctor. Gotcha. I have to diagnose whatever weird thing they're talking about and figure out what it possibly could be because they cannot tell me. So, oh, you know, okay. when when your eyes hurt, if someone's like, my eyes hurt, oh, it's probably a headache. Or my my nose um, hurts. It's probably not your nose. It's maybe more your sinuses and you have, like, congestion. Yeah. So my daughter tends to, and I love her so much, but she tends to um, not have very frequent BMs. And so <laughs> I'm going to say it in the most polite way. She's an improving so, pooper yes, for the layman. She, you know, she's not as regular as my other two. So a lot of times she'll come up to me and say, mommy, my tummy hurts. And I'll be like, oh, you need a prune packet, girl. And we'll get like prune packets or whatever we have to do to solve the problem. Sometimes she'll say like, I need to go lay down. Usually it's because she has like, like gas or something. Yep. Yep. Well, Coraline comes to me and she is looking rough (laughs) just for her. She's sprightly still like energetic, but she's like, mommy, like my mouth is hot. I was like, What? What? Your mouth That's is hot. That's a weird thing. I was like, did you eat something recently? Do you need some water? Kind of like, what's the next step of my mouth is hot, my mouth is dry, like you're thirsty. <coughs> going through the process of like, what do you want? She's like, yeah, I need some sparkling water. And then 
she loves sparkling water. So I give her a, a sparkling water. She chugs it down. <laughs> and I was like, okay, she was thirsty. Problem solved. Ah. About 10 minutes later, she comes back. She's like, mommy, I taste salt. I'm like, that's a weird. Is she having a stroke? A tumor? Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on. And then a minute later, she vomits all over me. Oh, And I no. immediately was like, got it. My mouth is hot. You know that taste? Yeah. yeah. I thought, so I'm going, it's because she chugged that sparkling water and the carbonation yeah. like, got to her. And, I, and I'm like, I, you probably feel better now. She's like, I feel so much better. No big deal. I feel like this Runs is like, the, you're, you're like the modern medicine woman. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm like, okay. I think we got it handled. She bolts off. I'm sorry, this is like a long story, but she bolts off, <laughs> barfs 15 more times. I mean, oh just gosh. all over the house. It's miserable. And I was like, got it. We're sick. Got it. <laughs> Message Figured received. it out. And of course, <laughs> then of course my son, he comes to me. He's like, my stomach's not feeling well. I'm like, you're going to. I basically God was very honest with him. It. I was like, Oliver, it's going to be a rough 24 hours for you. Yeah. Because um, he knows what throwing up is. Coraline has no idea. So like. It, we bear, we buckled down. I called Aaron at like 6 p.m. And I was like, I'm going to need you home because I'm changing yeah. so many things. Everly, I don't want her to get it. I need you home. So yeah. he comes home. Bring the he, hazmat suit. Yeah. Bring the and, respirators. Yes. And and then, uh, you know, I'm like saying we're all praying. All of us are just like praying that we don't all get it. Like yeah. if there's nothing you can do. Once one person oh, has a stomach bug in your house, yeah. you are screwed. The whole family goes down. The whole family down. will get it. Oh, man. Well, here's the thing. No one else got it. And then, ah. I, and then I'm like, now is the time to Sherlock this <laughs> and go, maybe it was food. Ah. What did my two older kids have that no one else in the house had? Hmm. And I'm going to straight up throw them under the bus. It was Starbucks, their little kid hot chocolates, my kid up. What? That's the only food item that they had that I did not have oh, that day. Man. We went through and got Starbucks hot chocolates. I didn't get anything. Yeah. Everly was napping. They drank those things, and I guarantee you, maybe the cream was old or the milk or something. It's like, well, our creamer's a little chunkier today than normal. It was, yeah. Well, there's a yeah. like. Why does it taste sour, Mom? Yeah. Well, Starbucks hot chocolate. Ooh, I don't know. Freaking boo, Starbucks. Yeah. How do you mess up hot chocolate? I don't know, and it might not have been there, but like, I'm gonna stick with that because Still. both those kids got sick within. 15 minutes of each other, Ugh. puked for six hours, and then they were done. Oh, and none of us ever got dude. it. None of us ever got it. So I think it was food poisoning. That's my final. Oh, that was man. my week. This was That was that week. That was like a good week. So that kind of reminds me of today's topic in a way. <laughs> okay. All right. So segue yeah, challenge let's figure here. Segue challenge how we get there. You know, so whenever you're recording an album, uh -huh. There can be things that are wrong with the sound of that album that you, as the as the musician, you don't even realize. Like you don't even you don't catch even it. know. What's so going you on. need a guy to come in and <gasps> diagnose the issues and solve the issues. Freaking segue Woo! challenge, boom! That <laughs> was perfect. Boom, y'all. So basically, what I'm trying to say is. I am the mastering masterer of my kids because kid I sickness. figured out with my brain powers what was going on once they puked on me. Mom brain master. Yes, yes. I mean, it makes so much sense. Yes, as a master, you yes. need you need to diagnose 
what an artist cannot tell is wrong or hear or know. That's right. That they don't know. So today we're going to unveil all the wizardry, all the alchemy that happens mm. behind the veil of what exactly mastering is with our conversation with Mastering Master, Kevin Lively. <laughs> Kevin Lively, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank yes. you very much. You, you're actually a bucket list guy that I've been wanting to talk to been for a our, really, really long time. Our, uh, working potential guests for yes. how long? <laughs> because you're the Mastering Master. <laughs> now, you have a studio out of ACM at UCO. Yes. And how long have you been? How long have you been in the industry? Kind of give us a quick overview of the career that is Kevin Lively. <laughs> um, well, um, let's see, about twenty-eight years. Actually. Oh my gosh, twenty-seven and a half years or so. So you know That's a thing or two. School, yeah. I, I, I'm <laughs> dating myself a lot here, man. And I think so. Right out the gate, we're talking about mastering, and uh, you know, any of these young musicians that are up and coming. I think mastering is, is kind of uh, one of those things that you, like, even me, and, like, I've done recording stuff for a really long time, and I think I know what mastering is, but how would you describe <laughs> What's what mastering is? Here's a master class on mastering. Yeah, yes. right. Um, well, basically, mastering is, is, obviously, it's the final stage of the recording project. So, you know, it's funny, because I get phone calls all the time, people are like, hey, will you can you do the vocals and mix and master? I'm like, well, no, I don't typically, I just master nowadays. I mean, I used to record and mix, but, um, and they're not even ready. They just know the term. So they think, okay, I need to have that done. And it's like, they yeah. haven't even done vocals yet. So, um, so what it really is, is it's taking your mix and trying to present it in the best way possible, really. So it'll connect with your fans because typically whenever you're working on your song, you do a rough mix and obviously it, it sounds all the bones are there, but it's not done until you're mixed. And then when you mix, you, you know, you blend all the, you know, the vocal and the bass and the drums and all that stuff together. And then at that point, um, whether you're working on one song, or you're working on like 10 or 12 songs, it's, they're not all real cohesive yet. And yeah. they're not all necessarily presented to, you know, the platforms that you stream or buy music from. They're not, they're not in a, in a format and they're not, balanced necessarily properly f for each other and for it to to sound like it belongs yeah you know, i mean if you go back a few years i mean everybody you know we used to deal with the ipods and stuff and right. you have playlists and you you know have different levels and stuff and you know over time from like 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s whatever 2020s um it's like there's a little bit difference in loudness of course that's that's pretty common that's that's well-known thing that there's a difference there and um usually the streaming like apps and stuff try to do a, a good job of trying to like level that out but there's usually a, t a timbre difference and sometimes you know like stuff from the 80s doesn't always translate the same as like something that was released yeah. last mm. year so what you're trying to do i mean i'm not really trying to make it sound like something from years ago but i'm trying to present it at least in this period of time to where it connects again with your fans and try to make it sound as full as it can. Usually when you're done with the mix, you feel like, well, I can't do anything else. It's, yeah. it's done. Sounds pretty good. Right. But I mean, a big part of it is just having someone with experience, put their ear on it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Even though, you know, most mix engineers are, are very confident and, and feel really good about when they're done. But 
there's elements that you don't always know. I mean, if there's if you're listening to speakers and there's something in your room that's causing it to, I don't know, have some sort of tonal imbalance. And it's like, you're just used to it. Yeah. You don't realize it until, you know, you don't want it to be released and then listening to it somewhere else and go, Ooh, what, what's wrong with my yeah. song? It's like, that is really weird whenever you've been working on a mix for a really long time and you get so used to just the way that it sounds that like, if you take a break from it for like, couple weeks and then you come back to it right you realize that that thing that you thought sounded amazing all of a sudden you're like oh this sounds like sounds weird and quiet. <laughs> right yeah. yeah and that's very true and you know that's the you know that's the thing with having somebody else work on it is because they can immediately i mean you can give me like one of your songs or you know i can immediately go oh you know it's probably it sounds very good the mix might be good but it's like hey it could actually enhance by you know having a little bit of this or a little bit of that and it's like okay now you know, now we come back five years, you're still going to be going, yeah, it sounds great. You know, it's yeah. like, mm. oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. So that's. So you're an objective ear. That's primarily what it is, honestly. That's awesome. It's it's less about the gear. I mean, it, you know, I love gear just like all the other, you know, geek tech engineers out there. But it's like, it's more about, I mean, you're paying me for my ears. Paying right. me to go, mm. this is this is good, or no, this needs some adjustment. Mm-hmm. And you're going to thank me later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I ultimately want what the artist wants. Right. Um, I don't want to just say, oh, this is this is the way it should sound. It's it's more, I usually kind of talk to the artist. If they have some vision, some artists will just say, well, just I just want to hear what you want to do to it. Yeah. Um, and then they tell me if that's good or not. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, if they give me a vision of like, hey, we were... This is what we were wanting, or you know, they might or might not have been happy after the mixing. Yeah, it's like okay, I can try to take it that extra direction, right? Um, to actually make it, you know, sound more like what you wanted it to sound like, right? And what you want your fans to hear you as, because ultimately, that's that's what it needs to be. I mean, all the creative work is pretty much already done. I mean, I, mm. mixing is kind of where it stops. Although there's a little bit of creativeness with the mastering, but it's it's more of like I'm steering this whole ship. You. You know, everything else that's yeah. going on is, is the ship you. has been built. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And you're pointing it in the right direction. Right. Mm. I mean, as far as the easiest way for the common person that doesn't know anything about even audio is to understand is it's kind of like what Photoshop does for a picture mm. is okay. like, OK, if if you come to me with a with a great picture and it's like, OK, this this looks good. But I mean, does it look good enough to be on a, a magazine cover? Right. Probably mm. not. I mean, yeah. I can take and with. With my tools that I audio tools, I can, you know, bring out the colors more and crop it and yeah. shape it and like, oh wow, okay. I didn't see it could look that good kind of thing. Right. God, that's so cool. So perfection. That's what it is. It's it just adds the sheen of perfection. <laughs> that's what we're going for. Well, and it's cool because like the I think the first time that I met you, I knew of you at, at ACM, but the first time that I actually got to interact with you is whenever we had you master the Ophidelis album that right. we put mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And that it was, was the dinosaurs and yeah, uh, Bible Promises Bible and Dinosaurs. Bible Promises yeah. and Dinosaurs. <laughs> we, we changed the name to uh, Long Time Coming. Long Time Coming. Because uh. we took so long to get it <laughs> mixed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool getting it back from you and and hearing the difference of like, kind of going back to what you were just saying of like, you, you think it sounds pretty good. And then you get it mastered and you get it back and then it, it really does. It's like... Uh, just from the from the layman, from the artist standpoint, it just feels like it it feels professional. It has the feel of what you're looking for. Yeah, like that is it the feels level like it of belongs mm-hmm. on you know your 
stereo now. Nice. It belongs on your car radio. Wow. And like it just sounds it just sounds like there's a legit feel to it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just it just sounds better. Right. So this is gonna be the title of mastering. It makes you legitimate. Yeah. It makes you legit. <laughs> well, that's the goal. I mean, it's like I don't I don't I'm not trying to change your art that you're making. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just if we can make it impact, that's probably the right. best word for it. Like impact, impact better. Right. Where it's mm. like it's hitting you. Whether, you know, whatever style of music it is, it's, it's like you said, it's sounding real now. It's not sounding yeah. like, okay, I'm, I made this. It's mm-hmm. like, no, yeah. I'm saying, oh, did, did I make that? That's yeah. what, that's what, you that's what I want album. my artists to yeah. basically go, wow, okay. That, yeah, exactly. You'd send your album to a, a lesser masterer, get it back, and it's like, it's a rap album now. <laughs> I don't we remember We felt like rap. it well, sounded better this way. I thought we were a folk duet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite now, <laughs> yeah, now we, now we sound like Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> That's what you were going for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is exactly the the process of of mastering? You you get all these files, and mm-hmm. then what what are the stages that you go through? So basically, it if I'm if I'm working on say an album, um, I usually get all the the songs at one time, typically, unless it's still in process of mixing, which sometimes yeah. those roll in the next day or so or day or two if if it's still. You know, if there's a deadline and I need to go ahead and start. Right. But typically I get all the songs and I lay them out and I just, I kind of skim through them and, and see if anything hits me as far as like one standing out better as far as like a the mix. You know, if yeah. one of them's like, hey, and sometimes the artists will tell me that. They're like, hey, you know what? Or if I just ask them, hey, what was the one you liked the best? And I'll go and listen to that one and go, let me f- figure out what it is that they liked about this one. Um and that can be anything. I've learned through the years that what you think people are are listening to is not necessarily what they're listening to. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Even, well, like, as far as, like, somebody could, you know, there's terms that we use in audio that are, like, some refer to, like, frequencies and treble and bass, and somebody will say, well, um, we just want it to sound lo-fi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, and then they'll, they'll give me a reference, like, hey, well, it's yeah. kind of like, this you know we're not like this artist but like this and i yeah. listen to it and i'm like okay that doesn't sound lo-fi yeah. in my mind but i have to figure out what it is that you're explaining that you feel like has that sound and if there's anything i can do to kind of put it in there then, then i'm going to try to do that but but basically to answer your question i i basically get out and and see if i can hone in on one to start with um to figure out you know, if I can make that one better or do anything to it. Um, and the first thing I listen for is problems. Um, and not all mixes um, will have problems. And again, nowadays I get mixes from everybody from professional engineers to, you know, people in their home, you know, mixing yeah. on a pair of headphones, which is, is fine. But it's, you'll, you know, there's, those aren't always easy as the ones that are professionally mixed in the studio just because of the, you know, experience Quality of the person the, yeah. mixing. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually if there's anything that needs correcting, I'll usually do it then. Um, it could be like a, a common thing that happens with, with um, people that are mixing with headphones is they end up with like either too little bass or too, little, too much too bass. Much. Right. Mm. So it's like this huge, you know, I'll put it on my system and pull up, and it's like, whoa, my goodness, it's going to blow up people's car <laughs> if, mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm. if they release it like this. So, yeah. um, I'll I'll start with there, and I might need to kind of tame that back just so it'll like 
people, we can actually turn it up without blowing woofers and stuff like I'm that. I'm pretty sure all commercials need mastering because all commercials blow out my TV and they crank yeah. it up on purpose and I know they do that. Yes. So especially the car commercial yes. where the guy's screaming information yes. at so you. You go from this amazing subtle scene in like Vikings or something and then it's like, <laughs> did you turn up the volume? That's been a no. problem for years. Yeah. They've, it's a trick. They they've do tried to, to put laws to implement to try to help that. But they, they're still like they get around. They're it foolish. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I listen for problems. If I need to correct something, and then if if it feels like the mix is still kind of just hanging out and it's just kind of not really like gelling together, um, then I'll try like different pieces of gear. So I have digital gear and analog gear too. Okay. Um, and I'll like run it through pieces of gear and just kind of test the waters and see mm. which one actually enhance it without like just start yanking knobs. I, I try to stay away from that as possible because, again, I assume when you send me a mix that you're happy with it. Right. right. like how this sounds. So, again, if I, can, if I can take it through and try different pieces of equipment that, like, maybe enhance it in some way, um, then I'll start from there. And then if, again, if there's problems in the mix, I'll fix those, and then I'll try to enhance it in more like a creative kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at that point... After I do that for each of the songs, I try to, um, you know, then there's the balancing out of getting, you know, if it's an album, all of them, where they're cohesive and and they all timbrely match. So one's like song eight's not like, you know, hurting you. <laughs> and then song <laughs> yeah. three is like, just you can't hear it because it's like, mm. all, yeah. you know, so it's static. all one cohesive right. album. Like mm-hmm. It sounds like it's all meant to be together. And then from there, it's just kind of putting it all together so it, flows evenly as an album even though a lot of people don't consume music as an album anymore mm. Mm. Um, so yeah was so that, I was I say that, that, that was such a thing like where you'd listen to the whole album and it would give you that feel of this is the artist this is what they're trying to say through all of this album yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be all nerdy and be yeah, like my no. dad and like Led Zeppelin when he was there were, you know, or whatever, <laughs> well, you right. know. You um, know, vinyls, is, is, it has made a comeback just to some extent. Um, part of it is just the being able to have a tangible thing that you can yeah. hold. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, really, it's it's something that went away for so long. And it was like, I think people lost a little bit of that. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to touch my music. It's like, yeah. I want to hold it again. Yeah. So I think that's why it's kind of came back because it's, it's definitely a younger generation that has embraced that. I want the album, mm-hmm. which is funny because the older generation goes, oh, yeah, I used to listen, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, listen yeah. To, you know, Spotify I remember. But, <laughs> but, well, um, I think like the, the the kids, these hipsters, they call them LPs. Did they call them L- LPs, LPs back in the day or just vinyls? Um, albums, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, LPs. just albums. <laughs> Long plays, I mean, yeah. whatever it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, 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 uh, I keep seeing uh, tapes making a comeback. Ooh. Cassette tapes. My like, kids would have fun with cassette, cassette tapes. I think. I oh, think I, I bet. Yeah. Find an old, find one of those old bears that you yeah. put the tape in there. Yeah. You know what I want to come back is hit clips. Did you ever have hit clips? Uh-uh. And they're tiny little like it was a tiny machine and it played like twenty seconds of like your favorite Britney Spears song and you just pop it in and it was it sounded like garbage. Like speaking of the sound, it was just <laughs> and like you couldn't hear anything. But man, I had all of my favorite artists' hit clips. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the eight track to make a comeback. Yeah, you know we're, we've got the vinyls; <laughs> they're back. You know the 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 kids these days they're messing the around youths. with tapes. <laughs> My first car was a VW Bug with an eight track player. Nice. And so I 
as a young 18-year-old back in like 2005, <laughs> like got to experience the whole like being midway through a song, <laughs> pause, click, wait for the next, okay, <laughs> yeah, right. continue on, yeah. Right, right. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so what are all these gadgets and gizmos that you have yes. in your studio? Because you walk into your studio and it looks like it, it looks like it should be the Bat Cave. <laughs> <laughs> you have all these knobs and cool things going on. Well, um, they're similar to what you'd see in a, in a recording studio, but um, not all of the things um, are what you'd see in a recording studio. I mean, usually in a recording studio, if you go back to a, a classic studio that has a big console with mm -hmm. you know, sliders and faders and stuff like that, it's not quite like that um, because everything I'm dealing with is stereo. It's just yeah. left and right. So um, most of my gear is just is two channels and i mean i have several different equalizers that i can do different things with and i have several compressors that i can have um you know dynamics control and and um and flavor with and uh, as well as limiters and then converter and that's it and really my monitors but yeah. that's it's not a lot i mean it's not like i have lots of effects and flangers and things like you <laughs> use in a mix because right. there's no need for it but it's it's definitely um they're different again than, than what you'd see in a, a classic recording studio. Yeah. Um, because they're so, I mean, a lot of the gear has to be like higher end, mm -hmm. um, just because you want the quality, you know, if, if you've got your whole entire mix running through something, you want to make sure that it's good quality versus like, if you know, if you're in a mix studio, you, you know, you've got like one little, you know, radio vocal thing. It doesn't really matter if the quality is all that great because yeah. you're just trying to get some sort of unique sound to it. But if I'm running your entire song through any piece of gear I have, it, it needs to be a quality uh, right. for me to feel good and for <laughs> you to feel good about <laughs> yeah. running your whole yeah. mix through it. Um, so, yeah, that's... Can you... You touched on analog and digital a second ago, mm -hmm. and I want to I wanna kind of hone in on that just a little bit because, you know... I, I think again from like the novice music artist that might be a little confusing. Can you kind of describe the biggest differences between analog and digital? Um, yeah. So with the analog, I'm referring to people that, that if you don't know really what that is, it's running through the sound through a, usually some sort of piece of equipment that has knobs on the front. Yeah. Versus Actual hardware. Exactly. Versus digital is usually something that's inside the computer. Gotcha. There's some sort of process and you, know, you can do inside the computer. And both of them have, you know, I mean, strengths. I'm, I'm not like only analog or only digital. They, they both have equal strengths in, in my book. Um, but basically the sound difference is um, what you can get th through analog, you just kind of can't quite get with digital. Yeah. Um, because of just you're running through you know, the, the older kind of generation of stuff, you're running through all kinds of op amps and resistors and capacitors and, you know, in some gear it's tubes and transformers and, and so on. So there's a certain element that that will do to music um, that you can't really get in a computer. Now, today, there's actually a lot of different pieces of software that will kind of emulate that. Mm. Um, and that's, you know... That, they come really, really close. They get very close. Um, and in most people's platforms that they're using, it doesn't really matter if, if they might not have never used a piece of 
hardware equipment. So it does yeah. the job and, you know, they're told that, Hey, this is, this is much like the original. So yeah, that's good. Um, if you're in a situation where you can compare like myself, um, there is still a difference. Um, yeah. and what I would say as far as if you're, if, if I was explain the difference, typically with analog equipment, um, or let's say it's a piece of, let's say it's an equalizer that I have that's, that I actually have in the digital side as well as the analog. I have a digital emulation and I actually mm. have the hardware. So the difference between those two is usually the things that will happen would be the width will kind of shrink down a little bit. Okay. Um, you can notice that to a certain extent and it depends on the level in which you push through the gear, like how loud you're operating the thing. Um, that, that can change because when they, you know, um, when you get into the software and stuff and how they build these things, how they build what these call plugins, which are like emulations of hardware, um, they, they test them and they build them and they code them and all this stuff. And they do as tons and tons of tests to try to make it sound exactly like the original, but they can only get to a certain point because, you know, they might test it with, what, you know, like this is going to be super geeky technical, but like with, <laughs> with a tone, you know, like yeah. a, a sine wave or something. Mm. Um, or, you know, there's all sorts of ways that they create it. Sometimes they, they use these things called impulse responses to actually create the sound of it. But the factor of the dynamics as far as how loud something is or how soft something is, that piece of gear will change depending mm. on if it's if you're running, you know, like a song through it at a low level versus if you're running the song through it through a high level. Right. So the character of the unit changes. So oh. the math that would be involved for doing that, that many different changes is just enormous. So yeah. there's like, there's, that's the limitation that you still have wow. in digital. I mean, you need a supercomputer to come up with all the different changes that could happen over at least our hearing. We hear generally 20,000 frequencies. So it's like that. It's like, such an enormous amount. Wow. But it's amazing that we can actually get it as close as we can. Um, but if, if you're comparing an apple to an apple in the same piece of gear with its digital emulation versus itself, that's one of the things you're going to hear. You're going to just hear the, a little bit of the collapse of the width and the right. depth is going to, it's just wow. not gonna just be quite like there. the texture itself. It's that's just amazing. It's one of those things you can't really like, like, quantify and write down necessarily yeah. I mean, you could with scopes and all that other stuff but it's like you it's more of like you just listen and if you a b a b back and forth means just listening to one or listen to the yeah. other you can you can like yeah i can't really tell you but it, it's better it just wow. feels better yeah it's interesting because i feel like sound is it it like kind of touches on a much more subconscious aspect than like you know when you're working with video stuff you can visually see the colors the and all that kind of stuff yeah. and it's just like sound it just it feels different. Mm. Analog feels different than wow, digital. Man. And yeah, it's That's just fascinating really cool. to me. <laughs> yeah, really it, cool. it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because this, you know, in, in the industry, I guess you could say there's, there's a lot of people will say, well, I can't hear the difference. So it doesn't matter. Like, well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that it, it, people can hear the difference. Yeah. More than likely you can hear the difference. You're just not paying attention right to the difference. Yeah. So with sound, is it's this big thing that there's, you know, don't get me started. There's all the experts, <laughs> all the experts out there. Yeah. But half the time, if they're listening and like, oh, I don't hear the difference. Like if I was to tell you the differences and then you listen, you would probably go, 
Uh, oh, I hear oh the yeah. Yeah. But it's like being able to know. And, and that's, I guess that's just, you know, that's just your experience of being able to. Do you feel like, because I always feel like that your ears are kind of like a muscle that you, like, you have to develop in a way. Like you just train your ears to be able to hear certain things. Because like whenever I'm working out on the set, like I'll point things out that other people just don't hear. Yes. Like, like, but it's, I'm t- but it's there. I can hear it. It's right there. I like to say that I have the opposite um, ability as that, like which is to zone out completely. You can tune things. I out. can ignore any sound my child makes, and everyone else can hear it. And I'm just like, what? That what? I think Oliver is dying. He's fine. <laughs> I have finely tuned ears to know when that is a death cry. Okay, <laughs> he's fine otherwise. Um, well, you're right. You actually do have the ability to just. To um to focus to actually tune out <laughs> you yeah. actually do have the ability to tune out things. Um, I will. My husband is like one of those people. I'm gonna throw him under the bus on this podcast. Ha-ha. <laughs> Again, Aaron Dunzo. Buckle up, Aaron. No, just I think he'll find this really interesting because he is always the type of person that complains to me about the bass is too much. He's mm. always he'll hear it from our neighbors are playing a mu- some music and he hears just the bass and it resonates with him so much more and irritates him to an extreme when he can just hear some bass mildly off in the distance somewhere or if there's a TV show where there's just so much rumbling of a bass and you can't hear he's always playing with the car music it's it's funny to me there's like this would be a little tangent but like but he I think his ears just a little bit more in tune for that than I I think biologically I think isn't it true that males and females hear different frequencies throughout over time um well they do have different sensitivities to okay yeah and as far as like their their ears are basically well let me step back as humans we're supposed to have a general kind of you know normal kind of hearing it's based on these curves that are called fletcher munson curves that if you learn physics you'd understand like what what that usually looks like as far as certain frequencies are more sensitive to us than others now just like your taste buds or anything else Certain people are going to have different, you know, sensitivities of mm. that that normal curve. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, some people might be more sensitive in certain areas than others. I mean, this actually is kind of a funny topic because this is what I, I use to kind of try to explain how, you know, speaker, people that make speakers, these manufacturers, there's mm. all different, and everybody likes to say, oh, these are better. These, oh, are, these better. are better. Yeah. These are better. Well, it's like, and everybody's got their favorite, even in the professional world, but it's like, well, okay, my ears more than likely are just the ever bit slightly different from yours. Mm-hmm. So what actually works for me and sounds right might not be the exactly the same yeah. as for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that yeah. kind of explains that. That's now, as far as like our hearing, my hearing physically is not necessarily any better than yours or yours. I mean, the, you know, at least scientists will tell us that typically Females have better hearing than males, at least when they're born. Interesting. Mm. Um, and then over time, we kind of degrade our own hearing. Um, but de- a lot of that depends on if you're, you know, if you work at the airport every day, right. you're going to go to concerts every night with no hearing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But as far as like, like my side of it, as far as the engineering, mastering, or recording, or whatever you're doing, it, it is a skill that you learn and mm. being able to hear certain things. Um, cause you're not like just, you 
not like a prodigy born out of the womb. And, oh, I'm a <laughs> yeah. ma- I can master I'm anything. Like a mutant. I mix <laughs> that's mix the next, great, and that's, I'm five. That's the next. Uh, we we did a sketch called uh, X Men JV Squad, right? Yeah, um, with the most useless with superpowers. the most useless superpowers. But I think the next one should be a follow up with all of these superpowers. Like You're realistic into, superpowers. Like realistic, like I'm a, I'm born to master and I have the perfect ears. <laughs> and like, I don't know what else. I'm born to speak into a yeah. microphone. My timber is amazing. Like, I don't know, something <laughs> like that. Is that the right words? Am I using the right, it? like, I don't even know if I'm using the right There's words. There's a plane timber. coming over the horizon. Yeah. What so, do you, oh God. Oh, so sorry, I was just anyway, gonna get back yes, to what you were, you were asking. Um, I mean, y- you have to learn and develop that, that hearing over time. That's cool. okay. Um, and then over, you know, there's different things of that. If we want to get real technical here, I mean, there's like the equalizing, the hearing the frequencies, and then there's the dynamics, hearing like compression and hearing that at just subtle amounts. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that if you get into it and you really use your ears every day, like, like I do, it's like, you can just tell, you know, when mm-hmm. something's not like it's supposed to be, or if it's too much or too little. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I probably have better hearing of somebody my age only because I can concentrate and hear things that people can't necessarily turn off the other things and focus on. Mm. Right. But my physical hearing is just going to, you know, be like a normal human. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it's here forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, as far as like being able to hear you, it it is a, it is an ability. It's not something you're necessarily born with. Right. Something you, you have to learn. Ah, that's interesting. So fascinating. I love science. <laughs> in any of your classes, uh, was this like an aspect of learning some? Like, did you study mastering at all in any of your classes? I don't know what they offer as far as like teaching um, these things. Years ago, no. Okay. So I, so I've been mastering about ten years ish. Um, before that, I was recording and mixing um, for all leading up to that. And um, no, there wasn't. I mean, I've done several different aspects of learning I've gone through all kinds of um, seminars and conferences and you know personal training with lots of different um, engineers I've done some in New York and in LA as well so because there's not a lot of us <laughs> right <laughs> around yeah. here so yeah. I've had to go afar to kind of like to get more training in that way um, but as far as learning how to listen that has developed through just years of, of listening as mm-hmm. well and just and the difference between mastering and like mixing is you are listening differently. Mm. Right. Um, and, you know, fortunately for myself, I, I kind of have, since I came from the recording mixing side, I, I know what typically an engineer is listening for and listening mm-hmm. to. Um, and then knowing it's kind of like seeing the, the forest and the trees to some extent. Yeah. It's like I'm, it's mastering. You're, you're just looking at the trees or, I mean, you're looking at the forest essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but although you can kind of zoom in and look at the yeah <laughs> the tree specific the bark the if you need to tree. yeah but uh, <laughs> but that's kind of what you're listening for and and listening to the different ways of listening it's like you're not I'm not really concerned with you know a guitar that you put in there that you were doing a you know a special you know effect to it's like right. okay it's just part of the music to me yeah. it's like yeah. is the music moving if there's something I can do to kind of bring that out because you didn't bring it out and you wanted to bring mm. it out more, I might be able to kind of do that just as a byproduct of what I do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I can't necessarily change what you've <laughs> Right, me. yeah. Make so. it sound better. Can you make <laughs> this sound? Make yeah. me play That's better. 
what do you see as the the future of technology? Like, it feels like our technology every year is just coming out with something new and something better and better and better. Where do you see the future of the, the technology of mastering going from here? Um, that's an interesting question um, because the tools have been getting better and better through the years. Um, but the interesting thing about it is it still takes a person to kind of make the judgment call as far as mm. like, you know, I, I do think there, there is a, a way you don't necessarily have to mix or sorry, you don't necessarily have to master with analog equipment. Mm. Mm. But again, back to what I said, I think at this point there's still an element of that that just gives it's, it's kind of a byproduct of, of how we've been able to capture music all these years. It's like, mm -hmm. if you go way back, you know, to the fifties, um, they were using tube gear and, you know, everything had vacuum tubes and all this other stuff just to capture it. And along the way that actually added something that they weren't really what they were trying to be the best they could possibly be, but the noise was still pretty loud. You know, there's yeah. all these different things that have added to what we listen and appreciate of what it's done. Um, and if you try to be super clean and super linear and trans, you know, basically just make it just perfectly pure, it actually doesn't sound good mm -hmm. it's like yeah. don't, it mm -hmm. doesn't sound good to our ear so all that equipment i think will still always have a place yeah um it, it is an interesting thing because with with some of the gear takes maintenance um mm. because it doesn't always last forever mm. and even the highest end gear you would think would last forever but it's <laughs> it's kind of like a race yeah. car i mean it only yeah. does one race you gotta mm -hmm. rebuild the engine but um, with high-end audio gear, you still have to have maintenance done to it. So um, as time goes by, the people that maintain that kind of equipment are getting fewer and fewer. Oh, like if something yeah. breaks for me. Like I, a specialty almost. It becomes, it's like the uh, like clocks, antique clocks. I was just thinking that. I don't right. know why it made me think of that, but like there are fewer and fewer master clock. Yeah. What do they call them? Clock makers, yeah. Clock right. Makers. So, like, usually, I mean, I need to, I have to send mine off. If it's not something that I can fix, I mean, I have some electronics knowledge, but there's a certain level that it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know what's going on under here. So, yeah. I have to send it back typically to the manufacturer mm. because there's not, like, local TV shops to, to fix right, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's hard enough for you musicians. Go to the pawn shop. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard enough for musicians to find, like, a local, you know, amp there's there's a few guys in town that will you know repair amps and stuff but it's 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 getting harder and harder to find people with that skill set mm. yeah so that's going to be a concern i mean it already has a, it's a pretty pretty much a concern with the recording studios and those big the ones that still have large consoles All right um those have a lifespan there's things like capacitors that will actually kind of start to leak over time and, and oh interesting and basically um that little component over long periods of time will just cause the unit to it'll start sounding bad and noisy and then it'll just stop working eventually. So yeah. you have to rebuild it essentially. And it's a lot of man hours and it's almost Jeez. not worth it unless you just have the love for that piece of equipment to have right. somebody rebuild it or recap it is what it's called. And, wow. and again, it can be very expensive. And like if you were local here and you had to have a console recapped, I mean, you would have to fly somebody here and, Oh God! For a week. <laughs> oh yeah, it yeah. can be. You can end up doubling the cost of the thing. Yeah, easily. Wow. Um, even though it's you know it's stuff is vintage and it sounds good, there's a still an element that it will fail at some point. Yeah, it's like a car will fail. Over, mm. you know. 
Do you feel like in the in the film world, our equipment is kind of being uh, you're getting better quality equipment for less money? Do you feel like that's happening in the music world as well? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, again, in the software stuff, the back to what I was saying earlier with the emulations, those are really great. I mean, they're still fantastic for what they do. I mean, it's like you can build a home studio for a fraction of the cost that, of that same kind of quality that you would yeah. want like 10 years or 15, 20 years ago. Um, but it's just, you know, that the thing about it is, so, okay, back to what you were saying as far as the equipment. Now, mastering specific equipment, that there's that element. So those classic pieces like mm-hmm. that I, I use myself, that, that those might eventually go away. I yeah. Know. So it, it might end up all digital. I actually think that there's probably a point that it's going to, mm. um, just because of the way things are moving. Yeah. Now, I, at that point, are people going to even care? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's it's an element. I mean, if vinyl makes a comeback right now, and it's like people care. It's like okay, so you know that could continue to travel on its way, and people, you know, right now that in in the vinyl. Um, manufacturing business so like I don't have a lathe myself usually if I do something for vinyl I prepare it for vinyl and then it goes to uh, a cutting engineer Mm. Um, but those cutting lathes I mean there's different lathes there's scully and there's um, uh, Neumann lathes and those are the the newest one I think was built like in the 80s I mean that's that's like most of them are all old and their parts which was 40 years ago now exactly so (laughs) that's crazy I mean, oh. the uh, the machines are just getting older and older, and um, you know it's just uh, it, it eventually, unless something happens um, with somebody coming out with a new technology, at least for that, it's it's going to go away. Mm. Yeah, um, and so that's 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 a concern. That is, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Well, see, that's something so. I would never think about, but it. It makes total sense. It well, would, it's it would of, go away. I, I mean. feel like the like just on the film side of things, um, like as you get higher quality, quality quote unquote mm. stuff for lower prices, that becomes prioritized over the older equipment, and mm-hmm. so they phase out just just from you know the basis of the free market, right? And um, I think I think in the arts, as far as equipment and all that kind of, and the technology and stuff. I think that there is something to be said about people being passionate about maintaining stuff um, and like having a renaissance of, you know, things like we're seeing puppetry making a, a comeback mm. and we're seeing film making a comeback. But I don't know. I, I like with sound stuff, I don't see, I don't see us ever going back to tape decks, mm. yeah. you know, no, and like old school, old school, mics and equipment and everything right. just from the nature of how mm. it all works well in just a second we're going to uh hear some fun stories from back in the day with mr kevin lively yes right after these messages y'all know me you know how i earn a living i'll insure this bird for you but it ain't gonna be easy it's tough production like going down to the film school and having mom and Aunt Gilly supplying the catering. The show, swallow your hole. No sinking or tinderizing. Down you go. Shoot it quick. 
It's not going to be pleasant. Now, Outgate is a commercial insurance broker with film and entertainment expertise headquartered in Oklahoma. It means you get the Oklahoma film rebate and local people available anytime you need them. Think about this director. He's got black eyes like doll's eyes. His last show, 100 Men started production. Only 23 came out. Meal penalties took the rest. Outgate Insurance. Our website's at oklahoma-film.com. They place annual policies for producers of all types. Post-production E&O. Specific film project policies for budgets of all sizes. And they work with musicians too. Place an insurance for gigs and events of all types. No matter what's your budget, whether it's five grand or fifteen million. Outgate Insurance can toss you a lifeline. And they can also find you coverage for post-production errors and omissions. You're gonna need it in order to get your film distributed. I'll cover pre-pro, production, post, the whole damn thing. Call Outgate at 918-574-455 for your movie's production insurance. That's 918-574-4555, Chief. Uh, thank you, Mr. Quint. We'll take it under advisement. I'll never wear a life jacket again. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love our ad breaks. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> you know, one of these days, we're going to do this like an actual real radio show. <laughs> and I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> So you have been in the industry for nearly three decades. Oh, gosh. So with that amount of time, I'm sure you have just like a laundry list of stories and, and fun times. Adventures. I do. What are, what, are some, what are some doozies that you have <laughs> locked away? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. So I, I teach at ACM, and um, I, students will ask me that all the time as well. And <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, it's hard to kind of recall them unless something like triggers like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got this, this one time. Because, I mean, you know, uh, in the days of recording that I did, there's, there's not all sessions are just, you know, flow really well. Right. And sometimes... You know, you get enough creative people in the room, you're going to have some arguments. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware yeah, of that. But some opinionated people. <laughs> people are very consciously, I don't well. We'll call them passionate. They, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's a, a good, great word that's, to use. That's perfect. Um, and so, yeah, I, those, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't want to, like, mess anybody's names <laughs> up. We don't have to drop any names. No, I've been in the studio with say. people, like, Getting in fights and throwing phones and I all wondered kinds if people threw stuff. Yeah, damage to equipment. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> so there I was this with was, the Usher. And <laughs> was, so this was a this was an artist that didn't. Um, uh, this was uh, they actually didn't come out on. They were on a label, but they didn't. Or actually, no, I take that back. They were in a pre-production agreement with a production company, and I was in the studio working with them. And um, it was a rap rap group uh, in my days of it. In the ATL, so Ooh, it, uh, yeah, buddy. They, it was funny because there was this one guy that was kind of the executive producer, and he was there, and he had um, let's just say maybe he had spent some time um, <laughs> locked away <laughs> yeah. at one point. He did time, um, and you know he's not some that you would want to mess with, right? This, this <laughs> one guy that was the rapper, he was you know he's younger, he's I don't know probably nineteen twenty, and they got in a fight in the middle of it, and. Uh, they were just, they were really literally like face to face yelling. And I was thinking, no. 
man, I don't know if I would mess with him. <laughs> yeah. I really, you know, I'm a big yeah. guy, but I, I would not want to mess with him. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, is I think he made a shank out of that <laughs> mic stand just he, a second ago. And he left the studio, and me and you know, there was another engineer there, and we were just kind of looking at our stuff like, okay, there's no more creative work. <laughs> today. I guess we should go home. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's been those are kind of stand out in my mind. But let me think of one that's. I mean, there's one, this is, um, this is somebody that you would recognize. So um, I had the opportunity to work with Aretha Franklin oh um, before. And so this is um, years ago, obviously. And she, uh, um, back when she was alive, she did not fly. Mm. Mrs. Franklin oh, did not fly. I did not know um, that. And so you, basically you came to her. If, oh, if oh wow. If you worked. And she lived in Detroit. And um, <laughs> this was great. So... I was with, uh, there was myself and another engineer, and um, it was like my mentor, Tom Kidd, and um, <clears throat> the producer, Daryl Simmons, and we all went up there, and um, we were in the studio called Vanguard. I'm not even sure if it's around anymore, but it's a really well-known studio during that time, and um, she came in, and most of the track was already done, and she was just doing vocals, and uh, she sang this part down, and so Daryl is, he's a very well-respected person in the industry, and mm -hmm. I mean, he... You know, he uh, typically, if he says something, you go, oh, okay, yeah, all right, good, you know. Because yeah. he, he's done it long enough. He knows what's going on. And uh, it's funny because she was, she sang a part down, and he asked her, which is nothing unnormal. I mean, typically it's like you get several passes of right. know, a vocal or whatever, and he, no matter who it is. And he said, hey, um, all right, um, Mrs. Franklin, would you just do one more, one more pass right there? And she stopped, and she said, um, I like that one. <laughs> and he said he was I mean he was totally professional and nice he was like yeah but just give us one more just for you know a safety and she was like no I, I like that one that's the one I'll hear on the record oh wow and we, oh, <laughs> you know the talk back we just like yeah. undo it and just like okay okay I then guess we're gonna I go guess we'll them. move on uh, Franklin said <laughs> so it was that was hilarious oh wow. man it was like okay well I mean the queen of soul what yeah, you, right, yeah, yeah what are you doing oh no you're, you're right. right that what is if, the best what if it was a situation where you were just like <laughs> You click on the talk back mic. Um, Ms. Franklin, you you farted on that. <laughs> Something terrible and random. <laughs> I really don't think you want to it, keep that one. It wasn't your voice. <laughs> it oh, was yes, AC. <laughs> oh my god. Um. How, how often did you have to like travel to other? Not like, very. Was that common? No, <laughs> okay. not very often. She's one of the few. Fly like to I me. Said, she, well, <laughs> she's just you know. She's, yeah. Oh, hey. She was the queen. I'll of soul, do it. So yeah, man. Really. No arguments there. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, imagine if that would have become an argument? <laughs> like, if he was, like, dead set, no. We're no. Going in for another take. <laughs> and she would probably walk you out. to the yeah. ground. <laughs> like, okay. like, and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to lose a contract. <laughs> Man. But, um, yeah, I, I wish I could think of like more. You asked me to think mm. about more. I'm trying to think of, like, <laughs> on the spot. It's here. tricky. Yeah, I'm trying to. Let's see if I can uh, just be like, "Hey, have you ever met this person?" No, I won't play that game. I could. Well, I could think of like for me the the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to recording music is uh, whenever you know, whenever me and my friends were you know trying trying our thing, we thought that if we 
were on some kind of a substance that somehow enhanced the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> because what we what would happen over and over is that we'd have a raucous night and then we'd listen back the next day after we sobered up and we're like it's garbage. This will never you, see the light of day. Garbage. Oh dear God. Yeah, how many how many times have you had people like trashed trying to perform um well <laughs> actually you know that's not as much of a, a thing now that's it good. doesn't seem like that's there was very a good time. i mean i feel like in the 80s i don't know <laughs> i just yeah. know the movie Rockstar with mark Wahlberg. well that okay. definitely was going on back in, okay. i mean that was actually a little before my time but there was i mean i worked with artists that weren't always themselves it's <laughs> a good way to put um, it and uh yeah it's they're not always you you know it's not always a creative thing. <laughs> it's not conducive with success, not shall really. we say. Um, I mean, again, it's rock and roll. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on, I'm yeah. sure. But it's yeah. usually in the recording part of it, there's usually those behind-the-scenes things. You watch documentaries where it's like, okay, they took a year and a half in the studio, and they came out with one song. Like, well, right. That's, yeah. Well, there's a reason. Oh yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, There's a totally. That happened because. And I should clarify for the listeners: we were only drinking alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Although, but I know I know people that would like say they would claim that man. Whenever I'm like you know baked or something like that, it just makes it so much better. And I'm like, to you, I don't yeah. think that's I don't think that's yeah. true. To I you, know. I mean, yeah. and, and nowadays, like I said, I'd typically, I mean, I'm not involved in the creative mm, making yeah that's yeah. true so yeah. i'm not around that so others Do you ever just get clips of them it. totally drunk and they're like yeah no i don't <laughs> ever have <laughs> no Oops. typically it's all so they, sorry cut off those sent you the wrong audio there. file whoopsie daisy yeah <laughs> well what kind of advice would you give we'll start with the musician what what, what yeah. advice would you give to a musician <laughs> beyond don't do drugs and drink yes, while obviously. trying to make a career um you know that that actually is a very good question because I I since I speak to students uh, oftentimes and I try to encourage them, um, but I mean really just sticking with it is the biggest thing. Um, anybody that's been doing this for any substantial length of time will just tell you that it's not always as easy as you think. I mean, mm. it's the whole rose-colored glasses. It's not going to be like, hey, it's going to work out this way, and then I'm going to you know, and I'm going to collect my check and. Yeah, it's just it's I mean, music is art. And if you really get back to it, it's only been in the last, you know, what, 70 years that you right. can actually make a living in it. Typically an artist, whether they, were, know, crazy. Yeah. whether they were, whether they were, you know, played an instrument or yeah. you know, painted, it's like they were poor their whole life. Well, yeah. And, and, and yeah, well, before then, you know, it's like looked down upon like the theater musicians. Yeah. They're the poor, dirty folk you don't right. speak to, but you go watch. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. When you put that in perspective, you go, it's, it is a passion. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you do it because you love it, and that's what you have to do because it's just that's, that's in you. And, you, you know, if you're an artist, you're trying to get that out and, and, and speak to people that way. If you're a painter, you're trying to get that out and speak to people that way. Um, so you really you just have to keep in perspective what your expectations are. There's a lot of people that get into this thinking, you know, because they're watching music videos that I'm going to be rolling in a Lamborghini, you know, in a year. (laughs) Right. You know, what, you know, you know, goes viral on YouTube and it's like, okay, that actually happens sometimes to people, but it's 
what you see actually it's funny because those videos I, I it was funny because I remember working with some artists that it's like they would go make those videos and they they didn't own anything in the video. It's like <laughs> people think that that's like them and that's their life. They don't even own that. They yeah. released like, it just to make, just the, video. To make the video. Right. And it's like, you know, I guess that happens a little bit in any kind of style music, but in rap and hip hop, sometimes yeah. there's a lot of that, you know, rolling out and throwing money out the window and stuff. It's yeah. like, it's the just, facade. It's, it's all a facade. facade. Exactly. For the song. Which, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, and I'm not poking fun at rap. It's just that it's in any style of music. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's an art. I mean, mm -hmm. and they, they do it because they love it or if you're in a band you know and you're getting your music out because you love it and and it's like making money while you're doing that is is just a blessing from that and mm. it's like great and yeah. um i my advice is just to just stick with it and it's like you know it, it's it's going to pay off when it's good yeah right. i mean i'm not saying that everybody that tries to be an artist is going to make it i mean sometimes usually they get weeded out as you grow up typically if you don't have it, you don't make it all the way to American Idol. And right. Have yeah. Like right. Whoever the judge is telling you, <laughs> I don't know who's been telling you, you're great, but it's, <laughs> oh, you know. yeah. I mean, it's but that's good. the reality yeah. of it. It's right. just, and so, you know, you, you want people to speak truth in your life and not just tell you, hey, it's just, it's fabulous. Yeah. It's fabulous. Right. 100%. Especially if you're speaking young, young students. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking yeah. truth about um, that situation and the. But when you're around people that, are truly like have that extra thing it's like you really want to make sure those people keep moving forward mm. Mm. and um and just stick with it I, I i know that today is a little bit different time period than it was like even when i started but it's um i don't know there's a lot there's a lot of challenges that are different now yeah um it's always hard music is a hard business to get into no joke. um especially if you want that to be your sole source of income um and, you know, it's interesting because, again, at ACM where I've got some students that um, there's a lot of them that work kind of in the box. A lot of them do electronic music, which is, is great. Um, but they're not always aware that, you know, making that particular music by yourself, only for yourself, and, you know, putting it out might not get received like what you think. Mm. And at the same time, you know, even if you do have one song that becomes a hit, you know, that's not going to buy your Cheerios for the rest of your life. So right. you need to have at least a plan or a direction as well as making connections. I mean, that's this whole business is about, you know, connections and yeah. working yeah. with people. Yes. It's, it's not like, you know, sitting in front of that laptop over there and then like making out a hit and then, you know, uploading <laughs it to it YouTube and, and yeah, I'm going to yeah. collect a check and go right. buy a, you know, yeah. a Ferrari. It's, it's just, <laughs> it just doesn't happen that way. And I think with, you know, a lot of people just, you know, I mean, we all know like what social media does. It only shows what the highlights of, of everybody's life. And, yeah. and only people are only going to post like, you know, a great thing. They're not mm -hmm. going to post like, <laughs> the all five the other days, takes right uh, of leading up to that so it's yeah. it's it's really a hard deal nowadays for for young musicians because they if you know if they can't see like anything better it's like they get really depressed and, mm. and, and can start diving yeah, yeah. The, the the time dedication that it takes to reach quote-unquote success mm -hmm. i feel like success is such a subjective word especially in the entertainment industry, just because it's like, what is that? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's true. 
Yeah. Like you got to figure that out for yourself, I guess. Success, you being happy, success. Yeah. Buying Getting a house and solely paid for to do what you want to do. What, right. What's the level? Yeah. yeah where, not having where to work anymore. Is that yeah. success? But setting I mean, setting those expectations yeah. are important. I mean, that's that's a success hard thing to do. Swimming around in my safe full of gold like, coins. Like <laughs> McDuck from. Yes. In my weird one piece bathing suit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what advice would you give to aspiring mixers yes. and, you know, people that are working in the in the recording booth? Yes. Um, that would be d- to stick with it. Um, again, it, it's it's hard to um, to get started in the beginning, usually. Um, but once you once you get going, it's like you just kind of ride the, the wave a little bit. I mean, yeah. it might come in large, you know, quantities like where you just can't ever get a time to breathe because you're working constantly and people are needing stuff and, you know, and, and then there might be seasons where it's like, you're not working. It's like letting yourself not get worried about that. Yeah. Um, and knowing that it's, it's going to be fine. Now it doesn't mean you just sit around and just wait for stuff to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good to kind of be, be proactive and try to, you know, meet people and reach out to people and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, just sticking with it is, is the biggest thing. Um, yeah. because it's, it's real easy to quit and it's, it's real easy to get, get down. Um, like I said, go back to at ACM. I, I have students that will email me, um, after they've been out of school for a while and they'll, you know, I can tell, I can hear it just, just reading the, you know, their, <laughs> their, their email that they're kind of like down and they're like yeah. trying to find something. And I usually try to do all I can to try to help them in, in one way, but oftentimes the ideal of what you have in your head of where you want to be is not where you'll be in three weeks. It mm. might be where you're going to be in three years, mm. but you just got to be kind of patient enough to get to that point. Right. Um, and not just like get depressed and, you know, get throw up. it away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where, I mean, it's, what kind of a, like, let's just say if I were starting out saying, I think I want to go this direction of mixing or, or mastering or whatever, what's a good initial internshipy type job ex- for experience sake to dive into first like to get to know maybe the equipment or like like a studio like what what venue would be the best kind of um well i mean position to start? I, I, and this is not to you know promote school necessarily but a school is a, is a good way to start mm. um because even those that that are doing stuff on their own working in dawes and they're composing music or they're engineering you know you go back to like years and years and years ago and there wasn't really schools that would teach this and now there are and it's not like the teachers don't know what they're doing i mean there's like myself and and all the people at least down at acm working um yeah (laughs) Yeah. we're all working professionals so it's like you're getting it from the people that that are actually doing it it's not just not hard to teach there so um starting out there and you gain Mm. at least your you know your your feet get your feet wet and stuff and then from there there's a lot of different places i mean there's if you, let's say you're in the technical side and you yeah. want to engineer, I mean, you couldn't go to studios. Um, there's there's several studios in town here um, that have opportunities that will take on interns and things like that. And, yeah. you know, just being around those studios will get you an idea about how things really work in the real world. Even though we try to do that there, it's not always, like, you know, exactly how it all works. Um, so there's that. Or, and then there's also this the whole other area of, like, of doing live sound. That's actually, that is one of the most money making ways of audio. I mean, to oh, make cool. money in audio that a yeah. lot of people just, 
it's not as glamorous necessarily as being in the studio. People seem to think, but right, it's, yeah, there's there's lots of work. I mean, there's like lots and lots of churches that. So that's something that where you see like churches work. that hire the people to do those boards or to exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I, I've even done that for a number of years. I mean, different. Life Church. Yeah. They're oh my just gosh! Yeah. So much. I was yeah. there for a number of years, and I did that for a while. And um, like I said, there's and there's lots of other there's okay. lots of different places, and those they need people that are that know what they're doing. Mm. And there's you know there's clubs of course, and then there's venues, you know like you know. I mean, there's sports venues. There's all kinds of different places that you can you can make money yeah. and still develop your skills while you still might be, like, working towards building your own studio mm. if that's what you want to yeah. do. Yeah. So some people will tend to just, like, think, okay, I'm only going to do this, only going to do this. And it's just – it's not like that. I mean, when I got started – and I got started in the in the studio. I mean, there were studio sessions every single day. It was going round the clock because yeah. it was so busy during that time period. But it's just it's not quite that way because you're trying to compete with you're trying to convince the artists that are doing it themselves. Hey, hire me to right. record you, mm-hmm. and that's you know and that's a difficult thing because yeah. it's like I can do it myself. Do, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And but so the advantage is obviously of having someone record you or massive so that. Yeah, gonna get yeah. It's gonna give you all those. So just you know, connecting with people and making you know, the, one of the biggest things that I try to to convince the students there at ACM is just you, if if you can connect and meet as many friends as possible, that's going to benefit you when you leave here. Yeah, because mm. you've got production students there that are learning how to record, and you've got performance students there that are learning how to perform. Mm. And, and it's like, these are the people that you're going to want to work with. Right. It's like they're right across the hall. Go, <laughs> go meet them. Yeah. Please. Because, you know, if you just build it and then just wait for the phone to ring, it, it, it doesn't yeah. always work that simple. People skills. Exactly. <laughs> Having people <Right>. skills. <laughs> well, Kevin, where, if somebody wants to uh, reach out to you to get their album mastered, how do we reach out to you? Um, my webpage, um, kevinlemmingmastering.com. Uh, or I'm on Facebook. I'm not a huge social media guy, so I don't even have an Instagram, actually. I it's feel pretty, you. That's okay. Yeah, my husband's trying to convince me to get so. off all of it, but <laughs> yeah. I haven't done it yet. Um, so, yeah, there, and that has all my contact, has my number. You can reach out to me. Fantastic. Stuff. Kevin Lively, thank you so thank much for you. coming on. This thank has been you. such it's a wonderful cool thing to meet to pick you. Your brain. Yeah, it was just an honor to be here. <laughs> so now we know everything about freaking mastering that <laughs> I didn't know before. I am so overwhelmed with the amount of information. That <laughs> I mean, a lot of science going so on there. It's so technical, but this is the type of thing that a like I would never know about. But it's amazingly fascinating. Yeah, it's just like all these, all the specific details of the stuff that he does. Um, Holy cow! Which I don't know if I I mentioned this, but uh, so the reason why I know Kevin is because he mastered. Our Ophidelis album, yes, the last one that we put right. out, and okay, he's yeah. also mastering our EP that we're getting ready to put out. Nice. Spoiler alert: we got an EP that's coming out. That's all. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, just like it's crazy hearing the before and the so after. So your of personal stuff. experience with it was probably pretty amazing. Yeah. From your end, and now hearing it from his end as well. Yeah. He Does it hears, line up? Like. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Were the like that blew your mind. You know, he hears the original album. I hear the original album, and that, and you got to keep in mind that you've been listening to that same thing over, over and over and over, and over, over the over. course of months, and you're like, okay, my brain is settled on this. Mm-hmm. Then you hand it off for a couple of weeks. Then you get it back, and it's like it's shimmering gold. <laughs> oh, and you're like, what? 
the crap is this? It's is like, that me? <laughs> so it's priceless and you should always get your stuff mastered. Yeah. So so with that in mind, what are yeah. you thinking for a game today? I think we should do just a little scene. I think okay. we should do a little scene. Um, maybe a, you know, I feel like we could, how about just like an AB kind of back and forth scene. Okay. But, um, yeah, we're going to be old time like like i'm talking old like medieval-esque yeah. healers or Yoli healers. medic yeah medical people okay but they're but they don't have science like they don't that there hasn't been science yet <laughs> pre-science i mean truly think about it, yeah, pre-science like yeah. we'll just go with what we're getting we're picking Diagnosing. cherry picking okay okay i mean I got not it. all science but like basically okay so relationship patient and patient healer. doctor, patient yeah. healer. Yeah. Sure. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Doctor, I've got a problem. Welcome. Y- yes, I'm. I, I've got a real problem. You see. Oh, oh my. Oh, oh yes. First, I'm going to. I'm going to need to smell your breath as you speak and tell me your ailments while I smell your breath. Right. Well, I. I had some ale this morning. <sighs> I smell it. Yes. Yes. Go smell on. the ale. Now, do you smell the the sourness? I'm smelling it coming out of my own face mm. into my nose. Yes, yes, I do get a a, a slight whiff, waft, whiffed. Right. Uh, okay. Well, now that that uh, initial exam has been performed, uh, please continue to describe your ailments as I tip tap top around uh, just a tiny little needle. I'm just gonna kind of go around your body and poke you. All right. Ah. Uh, but just right. explain what's going on while I I'm just gonna take this tiny hammer, and Take this tiny, tiny nail and just tap around and your body will respond. It will respond. So tell oh, me yes. as you as you I can, feel I can the feel the healing even as we speak. But for some reason, my butthole feels like a rose bush. Oh, very interesting. All right. Do you feel it here? I do. I, Lower? I feel it right in my butthole. You feel it in your butthole. But yes, even though you're hitting my elbow. I'm hitting your elbow. That's a very interesting Strange. Thing. And okay, my nose, okay, yes, my yes, nose yes. feels like a possum's underbelly. Oh, my. It's very interesting. It's soft. Is it wet? Is it, let me it's feel. slightly wet. Hold on. I need to feel the nose. I would dare say nose. that the possum's underbelly is rabid. Feel the nose. I need to feel the mucus. Mm. Uh, coming out of your nose, Med. Might I find the find the? I, I I don't know what to call this um tension when you raise your fingers and you see the it's because this viscosity has not been invented yet, so I can't. It's right. it's this what viscosity exactly. Don't worry. That sounds don't. sounds like something that has been invented yet. Don't worry. I I am a very good healer. Okay, so I'm going to do everything I can. You've been recommended by all the squires. Yes. This is correct. All right. Well, now that I've heard we've got three symptoms so far. Right. I'm rose going bush to butthole. Rose bush butthole with with a tingling yes. on from the elbow into right. inside. Yes. We've got possum's sour, underbelly nose. Sour breath with mm. with ale, obviously. Yes. And a possum's underbelly nose. Yes. 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 Okay. What could it be? <clears throat> hum, very lightly. Mm, yes. Okay. While I pinch, I'm just going to pinch. The backs of your legs, ah. all the way down to your ankles. But I need you to hum so I can hear the subtle changes because your legs are connected to your vocal cords. I see, I see. Okay, okay. Only the so finest. Just, just going to go mm. on down and yes. hum. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, that 
right mm-hmm. there. Well, that's in that's a, that's a typical spot. Yes, that's a knee. That's the back of your knee, good boy. Yes. Okay, all the way down, down. Okay. And did you find arousal during this process? Well, anywhere in your ar- body, arousal. anywhere, an arousal of your body at any location, centralized. Right. Well, for for some reason, my eyes feel swollen now. Ah. <gasps> you know. I think I figured it out. What? What's wrong with me? Now, do you perhaps sleep outside with your dog? I I do. You do. You I do. do. He's a basset hound. Yes, I think I know what the problem is. I see. Mm-hmm. You're turning into a dog. Not again! Don't worry, don't worry. Ah, I have a solution. Fool me once! I have... A potion for it. A potion? Just let me go get it. It'll be $800. Oh, dash it all. I'm going to have to sell my basset hound. <laughs> 800 American dollars? Well, that's a, yeah. I feel like I was a time-traveling doctor. And right. In all honesty, I was like, you, you guys don't know science yet, but it'll just explain... Hey. You know what? That would actually be like a very really bad. Like I'm a I'm a bad fraud doctor that, yeah. that travels back because I lost my license in the future. Clearly, you're from the future, but you're <laughs> really bad at this. <laughs> I can practice medicine in the past. That would be an amazing. Oh my gosh! I think we just figured out. I'm just my <laughs> mind is blowing right now, Brian. I'm late. okay. Hear me out. Okay. This combines all of my favorite things. Okay. Like a Criminal Minds esque, Dexter esque, <laughs> Outlander esque show. Ooh, did we just come up with a pilot? I'm telling you we did. Someone who is a listener, write this pilot for us. Okay. This is the story of a time-traveling doctor who's also a serial killer. So we got Dear John-esque. Ooh, yeah. But they lost their license in the future, so they go back, and it becomes the world's first serial killer where they're just going on a straight murder spree in, like, whatever time period. But they're doing it under the guise of healing. Ooh. Title, The Healer. The Healer. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> now, if this has already been made, don't tell me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you yourself would like to get involved in what we're doing here, you can go to patreon.com slash show. You can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you guys in the next two weeks. Yes. The Oki Show Show is a mostly harmless media podcast recorded at Tower Studios in Oklahoma City. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're a business or industry professional that would like to advertise on the podcast, email info at okishowshow.com. Rates starting as low as $25.